question is, are you ready? This is The Drive with Josh Graham. Walking here. On Sports Hub Triad. Welcome to a Friday Drive. Where I am tempted to spend the next two hours doing nothing but laugh at the University of Kentucky. Oh, believe me, we'll get to them in a bit. But for now, I'm going to fight my worst impulses. Because I think St. Peter's wasn't the one that had the best day yesterday. No team was more impressive than the one in Carolina Blue that took down a team that had a shade of Carolina blue in their jerseys, Marquette in that 8-9 matchup. North Carolina blasted them. You didn't need to watch that entire game. It was a perfect game for the Tar Heels to open up with. Believe me, we'll get to the Deshaun Watson stuff as well. Stan Cotton's going to be in studio with us later this hour. Darren Gant going to be a guest at 1030, Hall of Fame voter, Panthers reporter. That was the perfect game for North Carolina to open up with. The matchup played out just like we expected it would on paper. Leaky Black could focus solely on Justin Lewis, and he held them to a season-low six points. Armando Baycott dominated the boards like you would expect Armando Baycott to dominate. Unbelievable. Forgot about that. 336-777-1600, 336-777-1600, the number on Twitter at WSJS Sports if you want in. Robert Walsh, the producer of the show today. Hubert Davis didn't have to overextend Baycott or R.J. Davis. Along with Leakey, I felt those were North Carolina's two best players. Since they were leading by so much, they didn't have to play ungodly minutes in this game. RJ, by the way, 12 assists to one turnover. He's had an unbelievable stretch over the last six or seven games for Carolina. Neither RJ nor Baycott played more than 30 minutes for Carolina. The last time that happened, you have to go back to the middle of February. That hasn't happened in the last nine games for Carolina. Those two guys playing fewer than 30 minutes, 30 minutes or fewer, I should say. And that's important because now you just have a one-day prep. you got to get ready for Baylor tomorrow at high noon, 12-10 tip. Carolina doesn't have a deep rotation. We saw how that hurt them against Virginia Tech having to play on back-to-back nights. So Hubert not having to overextend his guys, that's important. And North Carolina, they responded well to Marquette challenging their toughness. That was a thing that I was interested to see. Teams have tried to punk Carolina this year. Hey, we're going to push you around and see if you like the physical game. And Baycott hasn't liked it at points. And Carolina has recoiled in some of its previous matchups. Not yesterday. No, sir. There were a couple of technical fouls in the first half where it just seemed clear that Marquette was trying to test the manhood of Carolina. After the first tech, Carolina went on a 16-4 run to close the half, and the game was essentially over at that point. Hubert Davis talked about it. This was Hubert after the game saying, yeah, this is something we talked about. We were ready for that type of physicality. We were ready for it. 
and we responded to the challenge. This was Hubert. What was your intent there? My intent is to continue to fight. That Plain and simple, period, the end. That if someone is trying to push us around, we're going to push back. If they're going to elbow, we'll elbow them back. If they're going to kick us, we're going to kick them back. I've, I've been clear and definitive to the guys about our, what, what we need to do out there on the floor. And um, there's been a number of times where teams have tried to push us around. And the only way that you can change that narrative of people thinking that they can do that is that you swing back or you be the first one to swing. Okay, Hubert, maybe don't kick them back. That might not be the best advice. I get what you're saying there, but if somebody kicks you, maybe just let the refs call it and don't kick them back. Just throwing that out there. But I get his point. And I also think there's some looking ahead there by Hubert. When you hear press conferences, you think that it's for us. You think it's for the fans. You think it's for the for, for the media in the room writing their stories. And it is to a degree. But it's also for the players. Because you know the players listen to that. And there were a few players sitting right next to Hubert Davis there. And that mentality that they had yesterday needs to be the mentality they have tomorrow. Because if you think Marquette's physical, get ready for Baylor who has the ability to punk anybody worse, I think probably better than anybody in the nation. You want to look at physicality? The only guys I can think about who are more physical than Baylor, maybe Houston, who has UAB today. Maybe Rutgers. We saw how that went against Notre Dame the other night. Nah, this Baylor team just can put the clamps on you. They don't have Davion Mitchell anymore. They don't have Jared Butler, but this they better be ready for a fight against Baylor. I still like Baylor to win, even though Carolina looked awesome yesterday. Hard to expect that to look as great as it did yesterday, tomorrow. But if they respond to Baylor's physicality and challenging their toughness the way they did against Marquette, of course Carolina has a shot at winning that game. Shifting things. It became official last night. Deshaun Watson will not be a Carolina Panther. And now that this is over, you're just left looking at all the mistakes that you've made, looking at the Panthers' mistakes, and wondering what went wrong. It almost seems like Deshaun rejecting the Panthers feels like a knockout punch for Matt Rule this season. It's what it feels like. Like, How can you be any level optimistic about what this team can accomplish in 2022 after the last week we've seen. Deshaun Watson represented a get-out-of-jail-free card for Tepper and Rule because quarterbacks, the elite ones, can mask dysfunction in your organization. Think about Joe Burrow. You're going to find many organizations cheaper and more dysfunctional than Cincinnati? Probably not. Look how bad that O-line was. Wow, nine sacks in a playoff game. And they're in the Super Bowl. Why? They got Joe Burrow. When you have that guy, it can cover up a lot of your mistakes. And Carolina was hoping bringing in Watson would overcome a lot of that. Now that they didn't get him, you're looking around and thinking, so we've got Darnold and P.J. Walker, and we don't have a second-round pick or a third-round pick, and our O-line's still garbage? And we are paying Matt Rule 
top dollar and we still got three or four more years left on his deal? Yeah. There aren't good alternatives. It's a bad draft. None of those quarterbacks are worth taking at six. You don't have a second and a third, as I mentioned. And the big names are taken. Russell's a Bronco. Aaron Rodgers is back, even though Devontae Adams isn't. And now <laughs> you got Deshaun Watson about to play in your division. That's tough. Like, think about what just happened this week from a quarterback's perspective for the Panthers. The week started Sunday with Tom Brady deciding, I'm going to come out of retirement to play for Tampa Bay, which means it's now established who the division favorite's going to be. You have no shot at winning the division. And now you're thinking, you know what? We need to get our quarterback. The Bucs have their guy, and he's only going to be there maybe for one more year. We're going to go after Deshaun Watson, who we've been after longer than anybody in the league. Nobody's been more aggressive than Carolina's been. And we got in the room. You're in the room with Deshaun. So, of course, he's going to be game playing for the Panthers. Yeah. We're close to his family, about three hours away. Nobody else could say that. Oh, wait, Atlanta could say that. And Atlanta got in the room. <laughs> and, yeah, they, they have more draft capital. And, you know, they have better weapons in the eyes of Deshaun than Carolina has, which is a shame. And, and New Orleans. So the week started with maybe, maybe the NFC South's up for grabs. Nope, no, it's not anymore because Tom Brady's in the division. And... Second place, maybe. You could have two teams from the NFC South. They could make the playoff. Eh, well, now you got one of these two teams are going to have Deshaun Watson playing quarterback. So it's just, it is a brutal, brutal gut punch for Carolina that I don't know if they're going to be able to recover from this year. 336-777-1600 if you want in on today's show. We are on Twitter at WSGS Sports. Let's go to David and Clemens, who wants in on the Panthers. David, good morning to you. It's kind of strange I'm talking to you in the morning, but what do you have for me? Morning, Josh. Yeah, we're bright and early. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Panthers fan. I think you guys know that. But I've been calling the show for the last two years saying we need to tank. And this just gives that theory more validation. Um I look back at, like, the Golden State Warriors when they had their dynasty with Kevin Durant, right? The Phoenix Suns at that time, if the Phoenix Suns were to get a superstar, they might have been able to compete, but they would not have been able to win a title. I agree with you, Dave. I think think they should tank at this point. Like, that's probably what's best. Here's the problem, though. How do you talk Matt Rule into that? That's it? You, You fire him. Now? Rule, you give, now? You give, you give him no choice. I, I guarantee when they were sitting down with Deshaun Watson and they said, if Deshaun said, hey, I'll come to Carolina if you fire Matt Rule. So who's I the head coach? You fire Matt, Matt Rule today. Who's the coach? Steve Wilkes? Anybody other than Rule. <laughs> yeah, Steve Wilkes has head coaching experience. Let's give him a shot. Um, yeah. I mean, Matt Rule at this point is he, – he messaged you up getting any type of talent like Deshaun Watson. Nobody's going to look at that and say, hey, you got Matt Rule. I want to come there and play for him. Yeah. Russell Wilson doesn't want that. Aaron Rodgers wouldn't want 
Matt. You know, so uh, it, it's time to tank. I've been saying that for two years. It's time to tank. Get all the assets you can. Get all the picks, just like the Suns did. They drafted Booker. They drafted Aiton. Then you get a guy like CP3 to come in. So you draft good. You get all these assets, and then you get a free agent to come in. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. Thanks for the call, Dave. I'm trying to figure out who Cam Johnson is in that equation. Talking about the Phoenix Suns. Darren Gant, he's going to join us in a little less than 20 minutes. Panthers reporter from Panthers.com, Hall of Fame voter. Coming up, though, the Kentucky Wildcats. (laughs) 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 That's next on The Drive. We're going to be here a while. Would you like to talk? Talk to me! You're on The Drive with Josh Graham on WSJS Sports. Kentucky has St. Peter's, whatever that is. They're the Peacocks. I'm glad you brought that up. And Peacocks make the most annoying noise. But they do make noise. And they're going to make noise in the tournament. So St. Peter's over Kentucky. I tried to tell you guys, nobody had better bracket information than Robert Walsh did. Robert, you should really make this a living for yourself. Going all in on picking brackets because all I saw was nobody saw that upset coming and all I could think was "Uh uh-uh Robert Walsh bracket extraordinaire he had that 15 too congratulations Robert take your victory lap appreciate it appreciate it I don't know uh, how much credit I should actually get because I also had Indiana going to the Elite Eight and Brian going to the Sweet 16 you know everybody's lost like an Elite Eight team Except me. No big deal, though. No one's lost. Sweet. A lot of people lost Sweet 16 teams. Who Everybody had Kentucky going. Except you. Nope, not me. That's right. You got that one. I truly think that was one of the greatest upsets of all time. We'll get back to the Panthers and the NFL when Darren Gant joins us, Hall of Fame voter, in 15 minutes. But that truly was one of the greatest upsets. The only upset I could think that's greater than that was UVA and UMBC, or maybe in the national championship, what NC State did against Fijama Slama and, and Houston. Perhaps 85, when Villanova played a perfect game to beat Georgetown. But you got to remember, that is the University of Kentucky that lost that game. Not Ohio State like last year. Not Mizzou. Not... South Carolina, all teams that lost as a two seed. No, that is the winningest program in the history of college basketball with a Hall of Fame coach. And the team that beat them were the Peacocks. St. Peter's, whom I never heard of. I cover sports for a while, and I'd like to think I've heard of the obscure schools. Didn't know who St. Peter's was. Not going to front. I heard of Oral Roberts, who did what they did last year, with one of the nation's leading scorers, who actually came back this year. And I heard of Middle Tennessee State, who did it to, I think, that Adrian Payne Michigan State team from five, six years ago. Norfolk State did it to Frank Haith and Mizzou a decade back. You might be thinking to yourself, Josh, what about Duke? We were at the game 10 years ago in Greensboro 
when North Carolina was getting ready to play and Lehigh took down Duke. Why is this upset greater than that one? Well, unlike Lehigh 10 years ago at the Coliseum, St. Peter's doesn't have a pro. That Lehigh team had C.J. McCollum. Let's not forget that. Like, the dude with the stash yesterday, who looks like he's 12, that guy's not playing in the league. Breaking news. Hate to break it to him. Despite that, the Peacocks deserved to win the game. They were the better team yesterday. I, I thought Kentucky actually played well. And the Peacocks deserved to win the game. This is a team that their adjusted offensive efficiency was ranked 267th out of 350 teams. Their two-point shooting percentage was ranked, I think, 320th, somewhere around there. And they shot 51% from the field against Kentucky. And they were a bad free-throw shooting team. And they were 18 of 21 from the line. Unbelievable stuff. Really, truly. It's one of the greatest upsets I've ever seen. The only one greater, UMBC-UVA, because of the 16-1. Sorry, Sarah Bradford. And some of the other ones I mentioned here. But in terms of the 15-2s, this is the greatest one because this Kentucky team was a legit contender, like a legit contender. This is not Duke with Austin Rivers and a bunch of young guys. This isn't a freshman-laden team that's getting beat, right? That's what we know Kentucky for. That's not what this Kentucky team was. Oscar Shibway, older guy, transferred from West, uh, West Virginia. Uh, Kellen Grady, not a young guy. Grad transfer, played four years at Davidson. This is his COVID season. <laughs> you know, Davion Mims. That guy, he's a senior, a junior or a senior. Wheeler, he's a junior. This team's been around the block. This is not a young group, and yet they lost. It's one of the greatest upsets of our lives. It's unbelievable. This tournament, it always delivers. But, you know, when I hear the word upset, I think about heartbreak. I think about people being mad, and that's not positive, you know. So it's Friday, and I want good vibes here. We've got tournament action that we're going to be airing all day long, noon till probably midnight. We got you covered all weekend long. That's why we're on 10 a.m. to noon rather than when we're normally broadcasting from 3 to 6. We'll be back on Monday there. So how about we just, you know, get some positivity worked in there in a segment we call Weekly Positivity. is fair in love and basketball. 336-777-1600. Give us a call. Tell us something good. It could be sports related. It might not be sports related. How's your bracket doing? 777-1600, the number. Hi, Robert. What's up, dude? Quite a bit. Good morning. Did you think about getting breakfast, breakfast and radio this morning? I am not a breakfast guy. Neither am I. And that's good. Not really. It's not, they say it's not good for you. But, but I mean, it's good that we are doing what we want to do, you know? Intermittent fasting is good. And that's why I wait till 11 a.m. to eat. And I eat between 11 a.m. and 8 o'clock. So, and, you know, I stepped, I stepped on the scale this morning and, you know, 10 pounds lighter than I was couple months ago so 
I'm losing some pounds ahead of the wedding. Three months from the day, Robert, I'm going to get married. There you go. That's good. She's still got time to reconsider. That's not very positive. I mean, it, it, it might be for her, though, is what I'm saying. Like, she, you know, you're making a big commitment here. You don't want to sign a free agent, and then you bring them in for the physical, and they can't, they can't run the pacer. You know what I mean? There was a corner that happened with, with Carolina a few years ago. That's not very good, though. Robert, tell me something good that you have going on this weekend. Ah, uh, well, my bracket isn't busted. That's always good. You've got St. Peter's. That's good. God, that is good. How, how far do they go? I think they have, lose next Do you round. have all four of your final four teams? Tennessee looked really good yesterday. Uh, New Mexico won. That's right. Uh, I guess Purdue plays tonight. They do. Tennessee won. And Colgate plays tonight. So half of my final four is still in it. Yes. So I had Wisconsin in the final four. So you or I are going to have a final four team eliminated tonight one way or the other. Who's Wisconsin play? Oh, uh, Colgate yeah. with the cheese. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Uh, what do you have going on this weekend? Uh, I am headed up to Nashville. I'm going wow. to visit uh, some family up there. I'm going to check some stuff out. Maybe go to the uh, Glen Campbell Museum up there. No way. Last time I was there, uh, it was closed. I wasn't able to attend. So this time I'm going to try to be able to actually step through there. Check out some Rhinestone Cowboy. It is a Rhinestone Cowboy Friday. That's very good. The Avett brothers are coming to Greensboro tomorrow. Darren Vaught and I and Sarah Bradford and my brother, we're all going to be going to that show tomorrow. Going to eat some barbecue right across the street at the Coliseum, then watch that game. And also it's really good that Carolina, the only ACC team playing tomorrow, is going to play at noon. So that way I can watch that game Still go to the show and not feel guilty. Maybe even catch Wake Forest playing the NIT at four. Don't they play like VCU? Yeah, look at you. You think they're going to dog them? or? I, don't I mean, know. they should dog everybody, right? Like all these guys, they should be the cream of the crop. What seed were they in the NIT? Two seed. Uh. 32 so, team bracket. So if you win this, you're in the quarters, is my understanding. And Virginia, they're in the bracket two. They played North Texas on Sunday. VCU, Coach Rhodes is really good at VCU. Very good. Good. If uh, if Wake wins, do you think they put up an NIT banner? Absolutely. Why wouldn't <laughs> yeah, you? Only because people dog that kind of stuff. Like No, just be that. No, I mean, no that's not true either. Because whoa, whoa, when, people, voice when people come it's to Greenville, okay. they're like, oh, you guys want to hang an NIT banner? CIT. CIT banner. Like I feel like that's like a bronze medal, a silver medal. Nobody oh, it's really cares definitely about that a silver stuff. medal. But you would wear a silver medal if you got a silver medal, right? Uh, uh, I'd probably take a picture on the podium and then get the heck out of there and go to Bojangles. Bojangles. We can all agree. Say it with me. Very good. Good. Uh, and that's been Weekly Positivity. Even though the Panthers didn't land Deshaun, what if they actually got better this week? We'll talk about that with Panthers reporter Darren Gant next. We have developed a great program for you. Unbalanced and a little out of control. (laughs) You're on The Drive with Josh Graham on WSJS Sports. Darren Gant with some news this morning. 
The Panthers have restructured Robbie Anderson's contract, following in line with what they've been doing the last week and a half. Taylor Moten restructured, Jack Thompson restructured, Pat Elfline restructured, and he also wrote about for Panthers.com as well, the Panthers shooting their shot with Deshaun Watson just like they did with Matthew Stafford last year. Falling short, Deshaun's going to either be a Falcon or a Saint, expected to make his decision over the weekend. Darren joins us now as the Panthers try to pick up the pieces and see what's next. Darren, the week started with Tom Brady deciding he's going to be back at the NFC South. It's going to end with one of the best quarterbacks, most talented quarterbacks in the league, deciding to play for one of your other division (laughs) rivals. And in between that, some pretty decent moves Carolina's made that probably improved the roster, but nobody cares about because it's not quarterback. How would you describe what this week's been like for the Panthers? Uh, I would say that this has been one of the longest months of my life this week. Um, it's, uh, it's been a whole Russian novel. I mean, to, to think when you say it like that, to go from Sunday night, Tom Brady news, uh, you know, this whole division just changed overnight. So I think it does change the way you think about things. And if you look at each of those things individually, I mean, yeah, they did shoot their shot with Deshaun, uh, just like they did with Stafford, as you mentioned, and they're going to continue to do that in the future. Whenever somebody comes available who can be an upgrade, they're going to be in on every deal, like they like to say. So, um, But I think taking the quarterback stuff out of it, if you kind of look at it in isolation, there are things to like about what the Panthers have done this week. I mean, Austin Corbett was starting at guard in front of Matt Stafford in a Super Bowl a couple weeks ago, you know, and that's an upgrade for an offensive line. I think Damian Wilson's a good, solid you know, two down linebacker, um, just a just a good solid player, and, and they've added a number of those. Xavier Woods is going to be a good uh, starter for these guys, probably an upgrade over what they had last year in Justin Burris. So, you know, those little things you have to do right to make it worthwhile have happened, but the big one obviously gets everybody's attention. How might Matt Rule's job status impact the types of quarterback decisions he's willing to sign off on this year? Um, I don't, you know, Matt has always said he doesn't think about job security and all that kind of stuff. And, and I think, you know, supply and demand is going to dictate a lot of this too. I don't know that there are a lot of big moves to be made at quarterback. I mean, if, if Deshaun ends up in Atlanta, who knows what goes on with Matt Ryan. Uh, and I think now what we've seen is quarterbacks do have some degree of say in their own future and they can, when it gets to this point, dictate terms a little bit so i i don't know that there's enough available to make that of you know anything you got to worry about i guess i guess the better way to put it is some are saying well now that you don't have Deshaun, and we even got a caller about 20 minutes ago saying well they just need the tank now you need the tank and you got a really good draft next year well good luck selling that to the coach that knows and has said as much he needs to win this year yeah uh and again i i think you know, you got to kind of look at the whole thing, and they, you know, need to build this thing the right way. And and I don't know, you know, it's kind of in March. It's hard to talk about anybody's job status necessarily, but it, there are things you can do to make this team better uh, that don't include the quarterback. I mean, if you go back to last year, before they knew how Sam Darnold was going to turn out, the whole point was fix as much stuff as you can around him, give him parts 
to work with. And I think if you see them go through this thing and get to, you know, an upgrade at left tackle in the draft or, you know, find a left tackle now and turn that sixth pick either into more picks or one of these rookie quarterbacks, you know, I I think those are the kind of moves that seem more likely. I, I just don't know that, you know, whether Matt wants to do anything or not, I just don't know what would be available to him. Darren Gant with us, Panthers.com, Hall of Fame voter, all-around good guy, music lover, too. That's always something I think is a respectable thing to put in the title. Maybe even put that in front of other things. What's yeah. uh, <laughs> what's more surprising to you? I want to broaden this from the Panthers discussion real quick right. because Devontae Adams got traded yesterday. Sure. What's more surprising to you, that Brady's back in the division or that Rodgers is you know, back in Green Bay and Devontae Adams isn't? Um, you know, if you, if you look at it backward now, I mean, it it certainly seems that Devontae really wanted to get to Vegas, get with his old quarterback, you know, get to a place that's not Green Bay. And, you know, I hate to be parochial, but the, the idea of anybody wanting to go to Green Bay, I mean, it ain't a town for everybody. It's, it's basically cold Gastonia. It's a small town. Uh, that not a lot of people want to vacation in necessarily if they weren't already from there. So, you know, I think all those things were elements. I am, I am going to be fascinated to see what the next steps are because I would expect having invested in Aaron Rodgers, the Green Bay Packers are now going to be pretty aggressive and they will probably call every team that's got, you know, talented veteran wide receivers, maybe guys who are, coming up on a contract or something like that. I, I think I would expect them to put in that call. Um, we'll see what that means. I mean, it, it is. There's going to be a next layer of moves by the Packers because you don't bring Aaron Rodgers back for that kind of money if you don't have some kind of plan B, knowing that this Adams thing might have happened that way. What most interests you about Deshaun looking at New Orleans and Atlanta as places – he would like to play for from two elements what he might prefer considering what those rosters are right now but also their capability to pull off such a trade Atlanta and New Orleans considering yeah. New Orleans this cap situation and Atlanta having you know Matt Ryan and that dead cap hit to worry about I don't think New Orleans has a salary cap maybe they have a salary visor maybe it, it doesn't have a top in it it just kind of you know, keeps going. <laughs> they they've been able to, or they have chosen to kick the thing down the kick the can down the road as long as they possibly can. I, I think it's you know New Orleans is probably the short term play in, in terms of the defense they're able to put on the field, skill position, talent, and you know a combination of offensive linemen too. I mean, I think that's going to be a big component. And I think if there was a if there was a football thing that made Deshaun a little leery of this situation obviously the line is the thing people would look at um because DJ Moore Christian McCaffrey Robbie Anderson that's a decent set of skill position guys too um I think the Saints are probably closer right now the thing Atlanta's got going in its favor is home man I mean if you've got an opportunity to get to the place you feel comfortable and I think that's a big component in this for Deshaun because he does you know, he knows he's got to rebuild a reputation and to be able to do that in a place where you're insulated by those you know best. I, I think that's probably what probably what put Atlanta in this position and probably what knocked 
the Panthers out of it. I think if Atlanta doesn't get in, you know, the Panthers might have been benefiting from some of that proximity to Gainesville, Georgia. So, uh, and especially with his Clemson background, that was kind of part of the, you know, initial, I don't know, pitch might not necessarily be the right word, but that's a little bit of what they were hoping for. And when the Falcons got in, that just kind of took that away. We'll see. I, I don't know how able Atlanta's going to be to put this thing together in the short term, but the reality is he's also looking at a suspension for some portion of this year, uh, regardless of charges not being filed against him. So I, I think he's looking at this as a long-term play rather than anything that's happening immediately. So he's willing to take this year and go back home. Or, you know, if he's looking for immediate results, New Orleans will probably be where he ends up. Darren Gant, still working on those Paul McCartney tickets for you. <laughs> I appreciate that. I, I need to, again, after the after the three months that this week has been, it feels like uh, I, I'm about ready to go see a show and take a night off. Sounds good, man. Hey, I'll be out at the show tomorrow night, Greensboro. Check out the Avits, and uh, I'll be uh, I'll be sure to report back to you when I when I Damn. go see that. All right, you take care of yourself, Darren. Good deal. Thanks, buddy. That's Darren Gant, Panthers.com, joining us, Hall of Fame voter as well. I'm not comfortable with this. This is not okay. This is the drive with Josh Graham on WSJS Sports. Voice of the Deeks, hanging out in the studio with us, clad in a Clint Eastwood t-shirt, showing that off, reminding me that I still need to go to the radio ranch yep. and watch Outlaw Josie Wales. Yep. We need to make that happen. That's been like, what, two, two years. years in the making? Two years, maybe It was like a pandemic Yep. idea let's do this that was before the pandemic hit so it's probably uh, been two and a half two years. plus we need okay. to make it happen stan it will happen no doubt we got the ncaa tournament and here's a question i have who had the best day yesterday 336-777-1600 on twitter at wsjs sports ed in uh, in winston-salem might argue it's north carolina ed did the Tar Heels have the most impressive day yesterday to you? Yeah, I, I, th- I think they did. They put up 95 uh, points, and uh, R.J. Davis, he was tremendous. He had 12 assists. Caleb Love was hot the first half. Uh, you know, Brady Mannix, uh, you know, was more or less hot the uh, entire game. But, you know, you got you got to look at St. Uh, Peter's, too. They, uh, they were very impressive. So was... Uh, New Mexico State. I think you know oh, there was. Wow. I think there was more upsets yesterday than I think there will be uh, today, Josh. And I'm just curious how you were doing. I didn't do well yesterday. Uh, <laughs> two of my final four teams, uh, Kentucky and Iowa, got uh, taken out uh, early. But thank you for taking my call. Course, I'm going to listen to the rest of your show. Appreciate that. I relatively, I did pretty well. I didn't lose an Elite Eight team, so that's good. Um, that's good. I didn't lose anybody. In the Elite Eight? Didn't lose anybody. In the round of – yeah, you didn't lose anybody. I didn't. You picked St. Peter's? Oh, you didn't pick a bracket. Didn't See? do a bracket. Hadn't done a bracket. That's heady because I was talking to our general manager who said that he used to fill out brackets, and then when he stopped, he enjoyed the tournament more. 
<laughs> that might be. You know, that's how it is. And I buy that. I, I used to play fantasy football. And when I stopped playing fantasy football, I found I enjoyed the NFL. I, I do it about every other year. I just, whatever. I just hadn't didn't get around to it. You know, Wake wasn't in. It's like, I was kind of, oh, okay. I'm well. an addict. I have to do it. Yeah. I, I just can't. Well, there you talk about I it every day. You, you got you got things to talk about every day. You gotta you gotta fill up the uh, the kitty. You know, you, you got to get the compost thing going. Uh, you got to have a bunch of stuff in there in the yeah. hopper, so yeah, to speak. That's right. I don't have to do that. No, you don't. <laughs> um, but my bracket, I didn't lose any Elite Eight teams. I had Kentucky in the Sweet Sixteen, uh, San Diego State in the Sweet Sixteen. Lost those teams, but. My Elite Eight is still intact in my Final Four. It's got to be, though. It has Wisconsin. got to be St. Peter's. Come on. Yeah, I mean, that's probably the best locker room, but how about your boys from Knoxville? Oh, played well. I, the, the first half, Tennessee's first half, was really, really good. I, they have uh, an interesting team. They really do. But uh, when they're not playing well, they're going to get beat. So and they, I think that's going to happen. Yeah, they, they've been kind of up and down. But, they, you know, last – Two three weeks have been playing obviously very very well to win the the uh, SEC tournament and uh, got a good team a lot of lot of lot of parts that complement one another I think they'll they'll go a couple more rounds at least we'll see I think St Peter's that's the biggest upset I can remember Man. aside from I mean, UMBC beating Virginia I, I, I'm not sure if you can look at a more David and Goliath type of uh, story than that one I know you researched a little bit St Peter's did did you see what their enrollment is no. 2,300 and It's like something. half awakes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. H- half awake. Their gym doesn't even look like a high school gym. It looks even. I saw somewhere than that. where the, their coach a couple of years ago made like 266,000, <laughs> and Coach Cal makes whatever, eight, nine, whatever it is, 10, yeah. whatever. And, and Basketball that, budgets. The budget was like 12 times, 12 and a half times yeah. as much. <laughs> At Kentucky than so St. come Peter's. on, who's who had the better day? It had to be St. Peter's. Oh my goodness, man! It really that it is one of the greatest upsets ever because that is the University of Kentucky. It's not Missouri losing in a fifteen-two with Frank Hafe. It's not Ohio State last year losing to Oral Roberts. It's St. Peter's. I hadn't heard of them before, and they beat the all-time winningest program in college basketball history. And unlike Lehigh and Greensboro ten years ago, you know St. Peter's, the dude with the mustache, he's not he's not playing NBA basketball like C.J. McCollum is. You know when he made a couple of deep threes last night, yeah. I turned to my wife and I said, "Who's the guy that sings that Rick Astley? What, what's his name? <laughs> Rick Astley. Yeah, that's who he. That's, Never gonna give you up. Yes, that's the first image I had. That's who that guy is. Uh-huh. And then he hit another one. He did. And he did. Uh, so we had a good time with that last. It was fun. I mean, I hate it. For Kentucky, I guess. And I don't, there's this assumption. Whatever. People that don't watch it closely just automatically assume and say, well, Kentucky, one and done, all this. You look at this roster, this this is an old team. Like Oscar Shiba, he, he transferred from West Virginia, and Kellen Grady was a four-year player at Davidson playing in his COVID year. And you, you, the, Davion Mims, he's, he's a senior, and they have a junior in Wheeler. This is an old team. This isn't like a group that you would expect. Not to be ready to go. The they shot fifty one percent from the field. And that's the deal. You know, every time I go on the air, that's the that's the thing that keeps me going year after year. You never, ever, ever know what you're going to see. 
you just don't. Robert and so, picked St. Peter's though. And so you did he? Yeah, he did. That's because he hates Kentucky. No, that's not true. Like Robert, what was your logic again? Uh, peacocks or Stan? Have you ever heard of peacock before? Yeah, have you ever heard of peacock? Or you know, like the an animal. actual peacock? Yeah, they're very loud. No, I've seen a couple out in Davie County, honestly, but I have not heard them. It's kind of like. Yeah, just like that. If you ever heard one, you would know it. That's what they sound like. So and, that's why you picked them. Well, my logic was they make the most terrible noise, but I thought that they would make noise in the tournament, so they would upset Kentucky. It's pretty good. There you go. That's why you're. Uh, it's great analysis. A one producer there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he had it. Be hard to fill your shoes. That's right. Yes, that's going to be very hard. To oh, fill. I would not want to wear these shoes either because no. I usually don't <laughs> wear socks. He's got. Do you have Crocs on today? You got it, man. That's, That's the it. only thing I want to be sponsored they by. They still that. sell those? Yeah, man. They're Do comfy, they? too. I got holes in mine. I don't even care. I, I'm kind of rocking they have Fred holes in them anyway. right now. That's don't right. they? They all they, Well, like the bottom of them. We've got holes here. in them. Yeah. That, that's They're made kind of with the holes. Like, look, mine's kind of like this. Oh, my oh. God. I've been like, rocking these for like a year and a half. I was going to say, man. like three-year-old, like, that's why they have holes. They're like bedroom slippers at this point. They're worn. Okay. If I hit like a rough bump in the road or something, <laughs> I can feel it. I can feel it like a, a princess in a piece style. North Carolina, that was a perfect game for them to open up with. That's a roster. I mean, their rotation is probably like six or seven guys that they play because they lost Dawson Garcia and they lost Anthony Harris. So when I looked at them, I thought, well, Baylor's going to be a physical team. And they're the defending champs. If North Carolina is in a battle with Marquette, that's going to be really tough for them on a one-day prep, one-day turnaround. But since they won the way they did, you know, it's the first time in the last nine that neither Armando Baycott nor uh, Armando or R.J. Davis played 30 minutes, more than 30 minutes. So they were able to keep those guys, you know, fresh, and they won big, and Marquette tried to test their manhood with a couple of technicals in the first half. And North Carolina punched right back on a 16-4 to run to close the half. That impressed me. I, they have a shot at beating Baylor tomorrow. I still wouldn't bet it. I'd, I'd probably still yeah, pick those, Baylor. Those, uh, you know, those eight, nine games are usually really, really good games. Not yesterday. Yeah, and uh, I, I didn't get to see the Carolina game, but I kept up with the score. I thought, wow, they, they must be playing really, really well. Mm-hmm. Or Marquette very bad. And, and maybe if Marquette's playing badly, it's because Carolina's, you know, Taking it to them, but uh, but I was I was a little surprised with that score. But you know that's the thing about tournament basketball. I think if you get in and you play well, it's 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 easier. I think maybe to keep playing well, you get on a little roll or whatever. But uh, so I you know who knows with 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 Carolina and uh, in Baylor. But if the Tar Heels are playing well, they can beat anybody. They really can. This nugget is fantastic. Carolina had, and this is from Steve Kirshner from North Carolina. Carolina had 29 assists on 34 field goals. It's hard to do. That is the highest percentage of assists to field goals in North Carolina's tournament history. The previous high was 27 assists on 32 field goals in 91, and Hubert Davis was on that team, had six field goals, four assists in the game. Uh, The Tar Heels also matched that total with a win against Syracuse in the second round, so they did it back-to-back games that year rj davis 12 assists one turnover the they just played a perfect game it was like a fever dream what north carolina did and hubert davis got his first ncaa tournament win i think it's all gravy for them from here you got a first year coach you win the ncaa tournament last year you didn't you won at duke 
And Coach K's final game, it doesn't matter what happens against Baylor and tomorrow. I like Manic. You're a fan of Manic. I'm a fan of Manic. Is I, it the hair? No, it's the way. Well, I mean, that's kind of a that's a secondary reason. He's a good player. What defensively, is he, not so much. He but played, he had a good day yesterday. He I hear he did. Uh, he defensively, played well. he played well defensively yesterday. But he but shot the three. What yeah. Leaky Black shot threes well, right? Yes. Yes. So, Tar Heels got a lot of moving parts. If they're moving well together, if they play why that not, same game tomorrow, why not Carolina? If they win, if they play that same game tomorrow, then sure. The problem with that is Baylor's really good at making you uncomfortable. Very good at making it so you're not able to play the type of game that what you time's want to that? play. It's an early game, right? 12-10. There you go. We're going to be carrying tournament basketball all day long starting at noon today and then all yesterday as well. Or all tomorrow as well. We did do that all yesterday. Stan Cotton, we're all out of time, buddy. We're gone? Yeah. That's it? It's crazy. 45 minutes have passed. About it. I think we kept you long enough. I'm going to get you another Clint Eastwood t-shirt and you're going to return the favor by finally opening up the the radio ranch in Davie County. You know, you might have to bring Robert. Robert, you've seen the outlaw Josie Wells, haven't you? I have seen it, but I would love to do a, a, a rewatch with Stan, only if I can get the director's commentary from Stan. <laughs> I want Stan to let me know all the little nuggets as we go through. Oh, man. We, we'll have to have the pause button working really <laughs> hard so I can explain the movie to you guys. And... uh I've got another T-shirt. Next time I'm on, yeah, I'll wear it. It's got one of the great characters in the film on it. Uh, I'll respond to that the same way Coach K once responded to a question to me that he didn't like. Assuming there is a next time. 